We're either geniuses or the dumbest sons of bitches to ever breathe air. It's what Jordan and I say to each other every day. <laughs> every single day. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, that is a quote from Six of Crows because we are back at, at Two Mourners. At it again. One book club. Oh. <laughs> I'm Em. And I'm Jordy. <laughs> and welcome back. <laughs> So we are off to a clearly silly start, Love um, it. but as we start every episode, that was a quote from Six of, Qu- Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, Lee Bardugo. Um, and we are starting with chapter 21 today, so we're going over chapters 21 through 25, Yes. Um, and if we remember, we ended the last chapter um, with Nina and Matthias, my uh, fave. What a good place to end. Um... Uh, well, it wasn't well, a great place to end because they, they both <laughs> just agreed to betray everybody. And murder someone. Yeah. So, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. They found something to agree on. Pro. Yeah. Pro. The, the thing was murder and betrayal. Con. con. But it's okay. But they're cute. <laughs> they're pro. <real> cute. <laughs> that's another in the pro column for sure. So, two to one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's great. It's a net positive. <laughs> So anyway, chapter 21 is in Inej's point of view. And we are embarking on part four, the trick to falling. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to unpack there. I know. There. We'll, we'll, get, there as, we'll, as we, we'll get there <laughs> as we go on. Um, so the chapter starts with Inej. <laughs> I thought you were going to start. No. Because I'm free. Oh, no. Free That's another good one. <laughs> We're just going to... This is actually um, a podcast where you just listen to us sing. Um, I mean... So, an album. That wouldn't be a bad podcast. Yes, it would, Jordan. You have not heard me sing. (laughs) Um, It's not good. I'm sure it's fine. It is not. Um, So, we continue. Um, And so, the chapter starts with Inej thinking about her and Kaz, almost as kindred spirits, Mm -hmm. um, but kindred spirits who repress their feelings. Yes. (laughs) It's like, oh, twinsies, we both repress our trauma. We should have matching bracelets or something. Yeah, well, they would have matching tattoos, except Kaz didn't make Mm. her get one. Which is nice, another pro. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of pros and cons for these couples here, y'all. Truly, truly. Um, and so it, we find that it took the crows two more days to get to Jerholm, mm-hmm. um, and traveling became easier as they went because it got warmer. So they, yep. remember, started in the north of Fierda, so and they wouldn't be detected, down. and went went south. Yep. Um, so Inej thought that it would look like... <laughs> I hope that's not metaphoric. <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> um, so Inej thought that Jerholm would look like Ketterdam. Um, but was mm-hmm. surprised at how tidy and colorful everything was. It's kind of cute. It's like Dutch, kind yes. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like lots of colors, very bright. Clean. Clean, yes. Which is Ketterdam is not. Mm. <laughs> no. Um, and so in Jerahome, they went, they're in the city now, and so they're looking at the ice court. The um, and it actually sits on top of some unscalable cliffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Inej said that they it, they looked difficult for her. So if she could barely do it, then then no, no one else could we know, do it. We know damn well no one else could. No, no. <laughs> um, and then also that there are cannons <laughs> on the ice court pointed towards the harbor, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. where they plan to escape <laughs> the from. The only escape route. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of joke about it. Um, and then mm-hmm. from there they make their way through the busy crowds, noting the visitors 
um, mm-hmm. because it is Ring Scala, and we have people from all over the different nations visiting yeah. Fierda for this festival. It's like a cultural festival, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but seeing all the different visitors made Inej a little more comfortable because she was worried about she and Jesper because they would sta- they would stand out in just mm-hmm. Fierda based on their skin color because they're both brown. Um, we will learn later, like way later in the series, that there are some native indigenous Fierdans who are not like the Aryan type Fierdans, uh, like of Matthias and a couple of others. There are two big ethnic groups in Fierda. One is the what we'll refer to as the Fierdans. I can't remember the name for the other group, but they're like so they're like the native peoples. Yes, of Fierda. Which I loved that Lee Bardugo brought that in because mm-hmm. you don't when you think native. I I think a lot. I mean, us in the U.S. a lot of times mm-hmm. think Native Americans, of course. Um, and or sorry the indigenous population yeah. of of the u.s um and don't always think about that for like europe yes like this i'm definitely saying this one wrong but i know this is an ethnic group in europe like the sami people okay yes they're like in scandinavian europe and they're like the indigenous peoples there so you really you're right like you really don't think about it see i'm fairly confident that somewhere in my lineage it's that Yes. Because. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But, um. So anyway, cast me in season three. No. (laughs) (laughs) All of this to say. Yes, there are like, I think every country, every ethnic group has Mm -hmm. variations within like that. But Fierda does, but it's not touched on right now. And I would say that the ethnic majority in Darehome is the blue eyed blonde haired I almost always every single time I say that combination almost always say blue haired blonde eyed mm. always but That'd it's be fun <laughs> <laughs> right I'd be like oh this is a fantasy novel <laughs> go off um <laughs> but that's why Inesh thought she and Jesper might stick out mm-hmm. all that to say all that to say I'm so sorry you're gonna have to you're probably it's okay I'll take I think it'll I can make it happen I'm so sorry um but uh so she was worried about that but feels more comfortable with all the visiting um people um, and there are carts throughout the city selling things to prepare for Ring Scala. Um, and the carts are selling different things and they pass one and Wylan asks, what, what, what is that? <laughs> Cause he's a child. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a curious little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. Um, and then Matthias explains that it's part of the ash tree and the ash tree is sacred to gel. Mm-hmm. And Nina immediately chimes in mm-hmm. and says that there's rumored to be, uh, an ash tree in the middle of the White Island, which is the center of the ice mm-hmm. core. Matthias is pissed um, that she Again. that she mentioned it, um, and Kaz is pissed that he didn't that know he about hasn't it. heard about it until this point. Mm-hmm. And Kaz asks Matthias, "Why did I know about? Why did I not know about this?" Mm-hmm. And Matthias tells him, "It's the most sacred, holy place, and that mm-hmm. it was not essential for their mission, and it's where we best hear the voice of their God." And I did not yeah. catch this on the first read through, but I remembered, since we're rereading it, that Wyland's like, where does the water for the moat come from? Yeah. And now there's a tree that's, like, sustained in the middle by holiness? Kaz is like, he's like, I'm sorry. My bullshit meter is going <laughs> off. I need to know everything. And he says again something I say often, not what I asked. <laughs> what I asked was, <laughs> why didn't I hear about it? Because I need to know every single thing. And he's like, <laughs> Matthias pulls... Um, Matthias is like, well, 
I didn't think it was important, so I didn't mention it. And that was the wrong, th- the wrong thing to say to Kaz. Yes. <laughs> um, and so they move on. They continue through the crowd until they reach a tavern called Justin... Gestin... Gestin... Gest- My what a guy that guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> they reached a tavern called Gaston. That's not actually how it is. Um, it's a yes. It's the word means paradise. Yes. Um, except this place could be described as like, the opposite ooh, of paradise. It's irony. Um, and all of the crows are confused why Kaz brought them there because the mm-hmm. food is gross and it's run down and it then smells Kaz, bad. Yeah, nasty. Um, and then Kaz tells them that they're there because of the view, and so they make their way up to the terrace and the terrace of this tavern has a clear view of the outer gates of the ice court um, and the first guardhouse. And so that's really the best place that they have um, to look at that without being super obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, although they kind of note that being there too long is pretty obvious is, is pretty obvious because yeah. no one stays there too long. So they order like little things to drink, but and pickled herring and pickled herring. Ugh. Okay, a peasant fair. I I think my Grandma said that she used to eat that when she was young. She's Norwegian. Okay. But that that was like a snack. I could be making that I up. But like I, ha- I feel like I had this, was this was a real conversation <laughs> I had with my family. And I was like, you're joking. See, I feel like I like a lot of things pickled. Not that. I don't think herring is one of them. But they like I'd choke down. I'd be like Wyland if I tried that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they choke down what they can because they they need to look like paying customers, basically. And they're hungry. Also, they're hungry. <laughs> um, and so they watch people move in and out of the gates waiting for the prison wagons. Um, and so after a while, a prison guard, or sorry, a prison cart makes its way to the gates. Um, and then once it does, Kaz hands Jesper a book. Ugh. And Jesper gives him some sass, like, why... Why did you give me a book? I, why? This is not the time nor the place. Yes. Um, and so he's super confused. And then Kaz tells him, look on the back page. Right. <laughs> and so we find that the back part of the book is actually a type of like binoculars. Like telescope type. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they can watch the prison cart, prison cart inconspicuously from afar. <laughs> I wrote in the margin, I want this. Because yes. a thing about me is I'm nosy and I can't see very well. Amen. And people Amen. know I love to read. So if I could just go around with a book that showed me everybody's business. Oof. That's actually, on my Christmas list. That's ideal. That's actually ideal. Um, anyway. <laughs> so um, inventors listening. Uh, <laughs> so they hand the book around, each of them taking turns. And Inej notes um, that Matthias was correct, that he was not lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there were four guards checking the paperwork of everyone going through the gates. Um, and they would flag anyone that they found suspicious. And so they also discuss how often the prison wagons go in. And Cass says that they have to be on the early one. Because there's like one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to be on the early one. So they can get into um, the ice court early. Yep. And so now we know that they are planning on breaking in disguised as prisoners. Why would yeah. they do that? That's crazy. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um. And then as Inez is in, as Inez is watching, she sees that the prisoners in the back. She sees prisoners in the back of the wagon mm-hmm. and passes around the binoculars for everyone to see um, what they look like. Mm-hmm. Except Kaz, um, of course. Wait, what did I write? He's just like, oh, it's fine. Because oh. he anticipated oh. this. So here, sorry, yeah. my <laughs> um, <laughs> my punctuation confused me on my notes. So sorry. <laughs> so she passes around the binoculars, and everyone except Kaz, of mm-hmm. course, freaks out a bit because they're 
the prisoners in the back are hooded, chained, and shackled. So Kaz knew. Yes. Because he knows everything. And didn't tell him. Yes. Which, that's not great. No. Um, he should have told them. And Nina notes that the guards are doing a head count and says that they'll notice six more people. Cass sarcastically responds, if I had only thought of that. <laughs> and tells her that she's obviously never picked a pocket. And then Nina comes back and says, well, you've obviously never given any thought to your haircut. And I love that, that Inez clocks him kind of being like, like smoothing his hair down. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, what is this? Insecurity? Oh. Hmm. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things. That's a... You know? He's a teenager. He's a teenager. He's going to be subconscious about his hair. He has that Peaky Blinder cut. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, shut up. I told my hair. Nina read him for filth in yes. the only way that she could. Nina said, you look dusty. Your hair's a mess. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. And Nina read. <laughs> super literate. <laughs> um, and so uh, after that, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, I spilled Diet Coke on my book. It's a blessing. That's... It's a benediction. <laughs> Jordan, I'm Catholic. I, like that's... <laughs> I didn't think about that when I said that. <laughs> As normal, my mouth was moving faster than my brain was. It's okay. It's fine. Um, you know what? I do. I love Diet Coke, so it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like... I just noticed that my book was wet and I was... Oh no. I wonder sad. how that happened. Well, when I was bringing in the crock pot, I had oh. my, my, um, my cup in my bag and oh. the crock pot was heavy, and I think I just swung, swung my and bag just, and I got it. It just dripped a little. It's okay. Now it's I'm more, sorry. it's even more a part of me because that's yeah, Diet Coke. It's that character. Um, so, <laughs> this is fun. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, and so after Nina <laughs> reads Kaz for Filth, um, <laughs> Kaz gets over it and then yep. explains their plan of uh, Bunk Biscuit. And everyone's confused, Which especially Matthias. Not because what you get he, at Popeye's. <laughs> Yeah, Matthias is like, what is that bunk biscuit? <laughs> like, he doesn't what say it, right? Because like. <laughs> um, he doesn't know Kirch. Or he mm-hmm. knows a little bit of Kirch, but it's like broken Kirch. And he's like, I've yeah. never heard this before. And, and the idioms go right over his head. Yeah. It's too nuanced for his grasp on that language. To be fair, a lot of things go over Matthias' head. Um, he, he gives off Drax vibes from Guardian of the Galaxy yes. just a little bit. He's like, nothing goes over my head. I would catch it. Like, I can see Matthias saying something like that. My favorite himbo. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, Matthias is smart. Matthias. Um, except for this. Um, he is smart. He's just out of his, not even out of his depth. This is just not what he prepared for yes. in life. And so uh, Kaz explains what Bunk Biscuit is. And so mm-hmm. it's when um, someone would be walking, like mm-hmm. a tourist is in the barrel um, in Ketterdam. And as they're walking, they, they check their pockets for their wallet mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, which you shouldn't do. Which you shouldn't do because it tells the people who are pickpockets and thieves where you keep it. And so, mm-hmm. um, with the slight of the sleight of hand tricks that Kaz knows, they would replace the wallet someone had in their pocket with something else—a stone a, a, or of, of equitable weight. Yes. So when yep. they padded their pocket again, they would think it's there, and they wouldn't know until they went to go pay with something. Um, a rock. Yeah, pull like Charlie Brown. I got a rock. Yeah, that's it's fun. it's the it's the Indiana Jones principle where mm-hmm. you can't take the idol without leaving a bag of sand. Um, and so I think we mentioned this either in one mm-hmm. in the first episode or maybe when we were going over Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jordan was reading Six of Crows, <laughs> uh, she was traveling and <laughs> texted me 
and said Kaz Brecker would be so disappointed in me because she had checked for her phone. I did. I literally patted all my pockets coming out of a location and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but she has never done it again. Never again. So. And before we leave this page, Kaz <laughs> took a, a low blow at Wyland and says, remember our friend Mark? And I wrote in the margins, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and, and poor Wyland is like trying to dissolve into the floor. <sighs> this poor kid. He's like, I went to classical school. What am I doing here? <laughs> um, so after explaining what Bunk Biscuit is, Kaz tells them that they are the biscuit. Um, or the thing that <laughs> they're about re- to get. <laughs> <laughs> they are the biscuit. <laughs> and um, they're the thing mm-hmm. that, or, or the thing that they're replacing. Yep. They're going to swap. So, mm-hmm. And so Nina, um, I wrote, seemingly the only one with common sense, mm-hmm. uh, says the wagon locks from the outside. How are you going to do that? Cash mm-hmm. just tells her to leave to him because obviously he has a plan. He, I, for, I forgot how crazy this part yeah. was. He has so this. he has a hundred plans going in his head and only tells them half of one. Mm-hmm. So they have no clue. They're just kind of blindly trusting him right now. Yep. Um, and so we fast forward, um, and five of the crows are in a bakery waiting for Nina. Um, and because Cass sent her out to find the mm-hmm. best place to ambush the prison wagon, so she. Um, doing her best spy bit, um, is Mm -hmm. asking the locals and getting information about where the wagons go. Yep. And Inej notices that Matthias, um, is sitting and not eating anything and tells him that it must be hard for him to be back in, Mm -hmm. in Fierda. And he's like, you have no idea. She's like, eh, I kind of do. Yeah. Um, but then she asks if he's worried about Nina and he's like, no, I'm not. No. (laughs) He is. Um, (laughs) and they talk about. Uh, who she is, and he's like, I don't mm-hmm. know who that is, and Inej tells him that he probably knows better than anyone who Nina is. Mm-hmm. He's trying so hard to fight it. Yes, and Inej is like the perfect person to kind of like tease mm-hmm. it out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they go back and forth a little bit, and she mm-hmm. gives him a positive about, or she, yeah, she gives him a positive about Nina, and he kind of tries to switch it and turn and it into something it. negative, but it's not actually that negative, what he's telling her. No. Um, and then He's, they're going back and forth and she drags him and says, yes. So why do your eyes keep searching the crowd for her? They do not. Like he immediately is like, I'm not doing that. Even though he absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Nina comes back in and Mm -hmm. uh, before they can really continue that conversation anymore. And she notes that he does look relieved that she's back. back. Well, because he was like, you know, she's everything we're talking about. She's mm-hmm. too much. And Inej is literally the Kermit meme, like, sipping her her hot chocolate. She's like, maybe you're not enough. Ooh. Hmm. Drag then, <laughs> him, Inej. I love that they're in a, ba- a bakery because, not mm-hmm. because, like, it's, like, the ideal steakhouse spot, but they were, they're like, look, we had pickled herring and whiskey earlier. I'm going to I'm gonna need a cookie or I might yeah. die. I need a sweet little treat. For getting through my day. Kaz took him to this nasty-ass restaurant. Yeah. And <laughs> he now... He took him to Fantasy Long John Silver's. <laughs> and they're like, we want to go to Cinnabon. <laughs> and so he took him to Cinnabon, That's like a good dad does. <laughs> he doesn't, like, fight them on it either. No. He just, he just takes them. They're like, we have to have something to eat. And so, like, literally, it's like a jump cut, and they're in the bakery, like, having hot chocolate and coffee and, and pastries and stuff. And I, he, I, he is a dad. I know. He's the one black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's Kaz. He'd say, we want McDonald's. And he takes him to get pickled herring. But um, I wrote, so we both travel for work a little bit. And I have definitely, like, 
had food given to me at events and I'm like, thanks so much. And then taking myself to Cheesecake Factory and getting gotten cheesecake after for every, my every emotional single day. Well-being. Every single day. You know, have to do it. That is so funny that you say the one black coffee because mm-hmm. um, at my family reunion this summer my cousin brought it up that my grandpa one time had, um, like, my aunt and uncle, some of my cousins in the car, and mm-hmm. took them through the McDonald's drive through and they mm-hmm. thought they were going to get kids meals, and oh, he ordered no. one black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and That's they were like, what? Iconic. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Too funny. I That's, love it. Oh, my gosh. That's such a funny story. Anyway. <laughs> Kaz Barker um, is a dad. Yes. <laughs> and so... After Matthias's relief that Nina's back. Oh, she made it. Because um, he, he ain't fooling anyone. No. <laughs> um, fast forward now, there's a jump again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Nina's information, they found where most of the prison carts would go, uh, or where they passed by, and they trekked two miles there, and Inej mm. is exhausted by this point, because remember, mm-hmm. she got over She's a still stab wound, yeah. um, and then was on a boat, and then has walked through ice. And she's like, I'm fine. That's good. She's just not going to complain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesper was going to be the lookout and warn them when the cart is coming. So he's going to shoot a flare in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he leaves, Nina tailors his tattoos away. Um, and she's going to do that to herself and Kaz later. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Jesper is going to be the lookout, she had to do it before. Um, and so they make camp and are supposed to take shifts sleeping, but um, Inej falls asleep, and when she wakes up, it's light outside, and Nina is next to her. Mm-hmm. And Nina tells her that Kaz told them to let her sleep. He's looking out for her. And, you mm-hmm. know, he noticed. Yeah, there's, yeah, a lot of, a lot of not super subtle. And, um, of course, <laughs> she's in her own head, like, oh man, I thought I was keeping the pace. I thought I was, like, not showing that I'm mm-hmm. still affected from almost dying. And it's like, no, he just cares about you. Yeah. Also, sis, it's been like six days. You gotta, right? gotta rest. Like, you know, Nina was not trained as a healer. Mm-hmm. She did her best. And so um, after that, uh, Nina offers her a cookie and um, mm, she's still like waking up. And then at the sound of a snap, um, like a snap of a tree, and is just ready with her knives. And Nina tells her that it's just Wylan. Um, and so she makes her way over to where Wylan, Kaz, and Matthias are. And Wylan is using explosives to knock a tree um, off. Into the road. Into the road. Um, and the tree would be used to stop the wagon. Um, and so the tree is down. Wylan, a little, little demo expert that yes, he is. little chemist. Cute. Um, they hide and wait for the cart. And so once it um, came to where they are, the... When it came to a stop, um, the guards assessed the situation, mm-hmm. um, albeit a little slowly, according to Cass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they made their way back to the cart, grabbed a rope and one of the horses, because the wagon is pulled by four horses. Mm-hmm. And so they grabbed some horses to move the tree out of the way. And so as the guards were moving the tree, Cass easily picked the lock on the back mm-hmm. of the cart, opens the door, and then freezes. But Cass never freezes. He never mm-hmm. panics in a situation, especially a job this big. But he pauses so long that Inej um, goes over to where he is, and she, like, touches him, and he flinches. Gives him a little tap, and he's like... (gasps) And uh, then she looks inside and notices that there are way more than ten prisoners in the back of the Mm -hmm. cart that they had planned on, and that all the prisoners were standing, had collars chained around Mm -hmm. their throats, connected to the ceiling um, of the cart, and then their hands and ankles were also Mm -hmm. bound, and then they had a hood over their head. It's like the worst subway car... Of 
entrapment that you can imagine. Yeah. It's like it's like sardines tight, in a can that can't see. Good. Yeah. Um, and so Inej nudges Kaz again and he's freaking out, mm-hmm. but um he makes his way into the cart um and starts unlocking some of the collars of the prisoners. And then Inej motions for Matthias to come over. Mm-hmm. And then one of the prisoners asked what's happening. In and Ravkin. Ma- in Ravkin. And um, then Matthias yells, uh, command in fear then. And everyone, including Inej, stands at attention because they <laughs> think that he is uh, one of the guards. Yeah. Um, but that also scares Inej because she starts to think, oh, I started to trust him, but he so easily slipped back into this role. Should I trust him? Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, after that, um, they get six prisoners out of the cart and back to their hiding spot. And one of them asks again, and he, Matthias yells again at fear, mm-hmm. and no one else asks anything. Um, and so back in their hiding spot, Nina uses her powers to make them pass out. So she slows, mm-hmm. his, slows their heart and then injected them with a sleeping potion. Um, so they're going to have a real good night's sleep. <laughs> they're free. Congratulations. They're free. And Wylan... Forever the warrior. Yes. <laughs> asks, are, are, they, are we just going to leave them here? Are we just going to... If they're just going to leave the prisoners in a ditch? And Annette tells him, they're, they, they're free they're now. They're free. But, like, <laughs> they'll be happy. It's like, it literally looks like leaving them in a ditch. <laughs> it's like, look, it's better than being in the back of that cart, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Matthias locked Wylan and Jesper and Nina in. Um, and Inej notices that when Matthias was locking Nina in, he paused, um, when it came to her and, oh my gosh, I have to read <laughs> yes, this. Yes, you have to read this. I just got to it. Yeah. Um, so again, Matthias locked Wylan into place with the collar, put the hood over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, w- when he gets to Nina, he like pauses when he she, sees her. She lifts her hair. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> um, as, this is a quote from the book. As he fastened it around her throat, Nina met his eyes over her shoulder, and the look they exchanged could have melted miles of northern ice. Ugh. My freaking Ugh. heart. <laughs> oh my god. Literally smoldering. Yes. Um, but neither one of them wants to admit it. They both no. feel it. They both know it. Everyone they, else, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Except them. Yes. Because um, they're dumb. Because they are so dumb. <laughs> have a conversation. Please. Look, I, it's not even, it's not a a miscommunication trope. No. But as someone who has a communications degree and knows a lot of communication theory, this pisses me off. It's not even miscommunication. They're just not communicating. They. At all. Because they have both chosen to believe that the other doesn't care about them, but everybody knows. Everybody knows. That they, in fact, do care care about each other. Probably too much. Honestly. If we're being real. Anyway, I. I swoon at that sentence. <laughs> so good. Um, and then uh, Inej locks Matthias in. And she actually has to get on her tiptoes to put the hood over because he's so tall. Um, and when Nina uh, silently asks, because they're not talking so the prisoners mm-hmm. can't don't, don't notice who they are and can't really realize what's going on, uh, Nina silently asks Inej how she and Kaz were going to do it. And um, so she... Inej gets out of the cart <laughs> mm-hmm. and locks the door. And then a second later, the other end of the door opens. So they <laughs> undid the hinges mm-hmm. very quickly. And Kaz and Inej made their way into the cart just as the guards were coming back. Um, and Kaz is putting the hinges back on the on the door of the, of the prison wagon. Mm-hmm. And Inej notices that he's going too slow. 
and that he's panicking. He even dropped part of the the metal to put the yes, hinges back which is on. Crazy. And then the guards came back and they test the door and. It, he, Kaz was so slow that he had to hold one of the hinges in place to mm-hmm. show that the door was still in place. Um, but then the guards left and gave the command and the cart started moving. And so Kaz finishes putting it on and he makes his way next to Inej. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can hear him breathing really, really hard. Which, another reason I love that this is in Inej's point of yes. view. And not Kaz's. Yes. Um, and so he's next to her and she can hear him breathing really hard as he locks himself mm-hmm. in. Because um, everyone else had someone else do it, but he did mm-hmm. it himself. And then he passed out. And yes. then my head hit the floor. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he literally can't take it anymore. Yeah, he, he fainted. <sighs> and we're about to find out why. <laughs> and we're like, oh my gosh, Ugh. why does Kaz wear gloves? Why doesn't he like it when people touch him? Why is he so scared of being... Why is he being... so affected? Why, why is he... Oof. Why does he freak out when there's a whole bunch of people there and, like, the idea <sighs> of touch... We about to find out. Oh my gosh, and it's so much worse. And it is not good, I y'all. think I texted you after I finished this chapter for the first yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And I think it was incoherent. I was like, oh, what? So trigger warning. Big trigger warning here. For, Gigantic trigger warning. For a lot. So if you experienced a really hard time with the pandemic, if you don't like discussion of poverty and illness, if you have sensitivities to corpses and death skip ahead i will put trauma or just trauma trauma. i will put the exact triggers and when the conversation starts and stops in the episode description but just know if you are one who doesn't read the episode descriptions but that's it's okay if you don't um but jordan works really hard on i work really hard no it's fine um nobody wants to work just know i'm sorry now's not the time for a joke (laughs) they want it to work okay um (laughs) Just know it's it's starting here. It's going to be really intense. We're going to get out on the other side of it together, but this is where it starts. And also, please note that um, nothing in this chapter is funny, but Jordan and I use humor as a coping, it's a coping mechanism. mechanism. Um, That's how I cope. Yeah. So if we if we laugh and joke... Um, it's to hold back the tears. Yeah. Either we laugh or we cry, and we would rather laugh. So... Yes. Chapter 22 is in Kaz's perspective. And so it's the, straight into flashback. Too. Yes, so it's not, not even like I hit the floor or yeah. he was he fainted. It's dead away straight into flashback. So we remember that Mr. Hertzoon swindled Kaz and his brother Jordy, mm-hmm. and so chapter twenty two goes back straight back to that flashback. Um, and Mr. Hertzoon had given them money and told them to go back to the coffee house in a week. And so they had spent a lot of money that week, but they then lived like luxuriously. Mm-hmm, but then they went back to the coffee house and found that they had been swindled. And so the money that Mr. Hertzoon had left them ran out the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to return the stuff that they had bought, but no one would do it. Um, and they, Jordy remembers that he has the loan agreement from Mr. Hertzoon. So they take it to the bank, but find that it, was uh, even though it looked official, it was mm-hmm. not official, and it's a worthless piece of paper. So it was a fake contract. Um, and then they were evicted from the boarding house that they'd been staying in because they couldn't pay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to find a bridge to sleep under. So they mm-hmm. thought they found a place, and then the stod watch, the police cleared um, them out. Cleared them out, and so they just kind of walked around um, until it until 
it, it was light outside. Morning. Yes, yeah. that is that is the word. <laughs> um, and so Jordy told Kaz that they have to go back to the coffee house, that it's a mistake, that he still yeah. doesn't quite believe it. Um, but they waited and waited and no one came. Uh, and then the stod watch started to make their rounds again. So they headed down to the barrel, mm-hmm. um, which is the stod watch didn't make rounds there because it's just not worth it. It's like crime all the time. Yeah. Um, and so that night they slept under a set of stairs and no one bothered them. But the next night, um, some boys found them and told them that they were in the territory of the razor goals, um, another gang. And so they beat up Jordy. Mm-hmm. knocked Kaz into a canal and took Kaz's shoes. And it's like winter. It's cold. No. Um, so he has no shoes. Jordy's beat up. Kaz is cold and wet. Um, and then Kaz tells Jordy that he's hungry. And Jordy says, I'm not. Um, and then it... It's, it's like the kind of delirious, like, what a situation we're in where you yeah. just have to laugh to avoid crying. Mm-hmm. And so they laugh, and they're like, oh, you know, we'll make it. We'll make it. And then this is another quote I'm going Ugh. to read from the book. Um, Jordy tells Kaz, the city is winning so far, but you'll see who wins in the end. And then the next paragraph, this is such a good application of this type of writing. The next paragraph is one sentence, and this is another direct quotation from the book. And that sentence is, the next morning, Jordy woke with a fever. And then we immediately start a new paragraph after that. It's just awful. Because this is the start of something like... um, So if we remember earlier, he had Nina give good old... What's his name? Muzzin? Not Muzzin. Yes, Muzzin? Yes. Yes. Gave him the appearance of firepox. So we know that it's like a thing that exists, but Ketterdam is about to have the worst outbreak in its history of this disease and so um they called it the queen's lady plague because they thought that that's where it came that a ship called the queen's lady mm -hmm, brought the firepox to ketterdam and of course it hit the slums the hardest as Mm -hmm. all most all um epidemics pandemics disease infectious disease um and it was so bad that bodies were piling up in the streets um, sick boat because mm-hmm. canals go through the city, um, and so sick boats moved through the canals and were literally like hooking people and putting them onto mm-hmm. um, platforms to take them out into um, into the sea to Reapers Barge so they could burn them. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, after Jordy got Jordy started with a fever, Kaz got a fever, and they had no money, so they couldn't yep. go to a doctor, couldn't go to a medic. Um, and they just huddled together, um, and yes. like yeah, in the street, like huddled together in a street. Two sick children, seeing death all around you. You have no money, no options. You can't eat, can barely sleep. It's cold. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, one night, Kaz fell asleep and dreamed um, that they were back on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he woke up uh, and. Um, was not on the farm and describes mm. a smell of, of coal and smoke. Yeah. Um, well, and in, in his dream, he's like trying to get into his childhood home, but a version of himself and his brother are there and he can see them through the window, but, and is like knocking and like wanting them to let him in, but they won't let him in. And so he starts walking around, like just, I think he kind of gets the sense like he needs to keep moving in the mm-hmm. dream and it's like he's afraid, he doesn't want to like stop moving or to lay down. And it made me think of the scene in The Gladiator 
when he dies and he finally is like reunited with his family that was slaughtered at the beginning of the movie he's running his hands like through the stalks of wheat and like this was like evocative of this like you get the sense that it's like a metaphor like if he would have succumbed to that that he might not have woken up and that maybe as he does wake up yeah so Jordy's not there anymore yeah i mean he's there but he Physically. Is, he is succumbed to his illness. Um, and so he wakes up and tells Jordy, don't leave me, and put, lays his head on, on Jordy's chest, but Ugh. describes that it already feels cold and hard. So Jordy has, has already passed. But, and it's already like, dang, that enough would be why he probably doesn't like intimacy. Nope. My dear friends, it gets worse. Um, and so Kaz is in and out of sleep. He's weak. He's sick. He's still sick. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, the what they called the body men rolled him and Jordy onto the boat yes. of the dead. I see them like plague doctors, like yeah. with masks and just mm-hmm. trying not to touch as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, because he's again still in and out of it, half asleep. Um, so they just thought he was another dead body on the street. Yeah. So Kaz felt himself falling, and then was caught in a tangle of bodies. So he is alive on this on this barge full of dead people. Yes. And like sandwiched between them, just piled mm-hmm. in there. And he tried to scream, but he was too weak. Um I just can't imagine a sadder thing than a nine year old kid uh-huh. on a boat full of dead people all around him and he's yelling like, I'm not dead, I'm not dead, I'm alive and either they don't hear him or they don't care. So that that's a little bit later. So he tries to Just, scream ugh. and was too weak, and then is in and out mm-hmm. of being awake and asleep. And then he scre- he screams, but no one can hear him. Ugh. And then he tries to pull Jordy from the water, um, or because they're on the boat that's mm-hmm. kind of overflowing with water. Um, it's like a like a almost like a. Uh, a like a crate, yeah. kind of. Yeah, um, like, what like, are the... It's like a shipping container type. Like, oh. it's like a platform. Yes. Yeah, they're not, like, loaded into, like, the hollowed belly of a mm-hmm. boat. It's, like, flat. It's just a flat... It's like a hauler, Like a flat of. piece of wood, almost, yeah. that, that floats the body so they can burn them. Yeah. Um, and so he's trying to pull Jordy... He rolls off into the water. Uh-huh, and he is thinking about the wind-up dog and the hot chocolate Mm. and what he um would like to happen and what could happen and is thinking that the Hertzunes could come back and he'll see Saskia again and could give her ribbon back to her because he still has it Mm -hmm. um and then he closed his eyes and he wanted to die a nine-year-old um is like I'm just gonna die uh and instead of dying he woke up surrounded by corpses again Mm mm-hmm uh, and so they are both wet because the water is coming over where they are in the boat. Um, and Jordy's body is still beside Kaz. Um, and it's described as barely recognizable because he has succumbed He's, to the fire pots. It's, it's decomp- it, his body's decomposing mm-hmm. at this point. And so Kaz is um, healing right now. He's, he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, he can see better. He doesn't have a rash as bad. Um, and he is thinking I just have to wait because the the people who come burn the bodies are going to have to come eventually. I I, mm-hmm. I just, they'll find me and I'll get back. Mm-hmm. Um but he was weak and dehydrated mm, yes. and he's thinking I I can't I can't wait he because he instinctively if, knows that mm-hmm. he's going to die if it doesn't if it takes much longer. Um so he's like I can't I can't wait 
for them to come, but I also can't swim by myself back to the shore. So he can see the shore from where they are. So they're not far out. It's just outside of the city. And, um, he, even now as he's thinking this, he's thinking that vengeance, vengeance is waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, because someone did this to them. Someone killed Jordy and I have to get back there to, yeah. If he's, this, if he stays alive, then he can make it mean Mm -hmm. something instead of just the meaningless, sad disaster that he sees it as. And so um, he kind of buckles himself up. And again, he's too weak to swim back on his own. So he pulls Jordy's body out. Like a flotation device. He uses it as... He pulls it off the boat into the water Mm -hmm. and essentially is lying on top of him, kicking his legs, getting to the shore because he can't do it by himself, but... With Jordy as to help him float, he can. Mm-hmm. A nine-year-old. <laughs> and so and he feels like he, this action of doing this, which is why I have been saying he has, like, OCD, because he he thinks of himself as irredeemable now. Yeah. Like, for doing what he had to do to survive, he's literally a nine-year-old, thinks that he, his soul cannot be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Or just trying to survive and to find a reason to want to survive. And so in the book, um, as he's making his way back, he's thinking, oh, I heard that there's sharks in the water. Mm-hmm. But then he also thinks that they wouldn't come come attack him because he's a monster now, too. Because he's, doing, he's doing what he has to, to survive. Well, his brother's helping him out one last time. And so um, the last bit, the last hundred yards were hard because the tide had changed. So it was pulling him out rather than taking him in. Um, but the book says that Kaz now had hope, hope, and fury, twin flames burning inside him. So he had hope that he would survive, but also fury that this happened to him. And so he has to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he gets there and climbs the ladder out of the water. Um, and he looks down at, at Jordy, who's still in the water, kind of stuck um, in the current and says that his eyes were open and... Cass swears that he was looking mm-hmm. at him. Um, and as he's there, he's thinking, I, I should close his eyes. I should close his eyes. But Kaz knows that if he gets back in the water, that he's just not going to get out. He's just going to give up. Um, and uh, before this part of the of this chapter ends, um, he's just thinking that he, he can't do that because he has to live because someone's going to pay for this. Yeah. Um, someone's going to pay for what they did to, to them. So... <sighs> that um that's why he wears gloves that's why he doesn't like touch that's why he wears gloves to make this better for myself i'm imagining him telling all of this to karamo during his queer eye episode and karamo just being like what do i do with that (laughs) jordan what (laughs) it's true i to make myself feel better about it, I'm, like, thinking of it interview style, and he's saying all of this, and Karamo's just, like, in his Dodgers cap, like, hey, man, let's... What the Hey, man, let's go talk to Pekka Rollins. Let's let's get this closure. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's, like, in the first season, right? Where he's like, I found the man who shot you. He's gonna Mm -hmm. come meet us. I was like, Karamo, are we sure this is a good idea, buddy? It's not. And the producers are like, keep it rolling. (sighs) Karamo just wanted to take a walk down East State if he was not expecting all this. 
Um, also, I'm uh, sorry. I was kind of far away from the mic. I don't know if that's, that's okay. going to be an it. issue. It caught I it. know it was like short. I pulled the, the table too far. No, you're good. It always, it looks small, but it'll sound okay. big. So anyway, <sighs> we leave Kaz using his brother's body as a floaty. Golly. Um, I didn't say it. Uh, <sighs> you know what I was going to say. <laughs> what? Um, rest in spaghetti now. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, um, man. Except, with in all sincerity, rest in spaghetti um, to Jordy. And please don't forget it. <laughs> well, Kaz did not Could forget never forget it. Kaz, in fact, <laughs> never forgot it. <laughs> Drive a Bugatti, never forgot it. And here we are out on the other side for our friends who needed to skip that portion for trigger warnings. Glad to have you again. So he's coming to again in the wagon back in in real time in and media I think, res i think this is a, a that was the perfect part to get mm-hmm. that backstory because you yes what we have been introduced to before was bad mm-hmm. but you don't understand why he has such an aversion to it yeah um and then you read that and you think oh i get it now i understand yes and i like how it was integrated as well because it wasn't just shoehorned in like and while we're talking about this it was like after he was put in a situation that would of course if you knew this was his story would make him uncomfortable would make him pass out yeah and so flash back to or snap back to reality um back to reality sorry um (laughs) so where we are in the prison cart, Kaz woke up in the cart to Inej poking him, trying to get him to wake up. And he's still panicking, but he tells her to keep talking. So it's like the constant. Yes. Yes. Look, I know it's really, really serious. No, but that's what I wrote. I was like, the thing that brings him back from the edge is Inej. Yeah. And so he tells her to keep talking and she lets him know that they made it past the first two checks. Um, And that kind of kicks him into gear. He's like, huh? (laughs) <laughs> he can't fathom that he was out for that long and no. is upset that Inej saw him like this. He's literally like, did I almost sleep through my own murder? Yeah. Like, he's again thinking of himself, fool. Like, went before he was knocked out by Van Eck, he was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. He's so critical of himself. Mm-hmm. He's an Enneagram one through and through. <laughs> uh, aren't you a one? I am a one. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't remember that. <laughs> Of course I do. Ones think that we are like these like irredeemable, horrible monster people. And me, I'm like, who do I have to fight? Who do I have to fight to make you not feel like that? <laughs> Myself, bitch. <laughs> Throw hands with me. Hello, well. So anyway. <laughs> so uh, Kaz can't fathom that he was out that long and is upset that Inej saw him like that and hopes that the others didn't. And then thinks, well, at least it was Inej who, yes. who saw me in that moment. He's not happy about it, but he's like, if somebody had to, mm-hmm. it's good it was her. And so then the back of the cart is opened and they are oh. moved. Um, so they go down like a little ramp and then their hoods are taken off. Mm-hmm. And they are, Kaz knows that they are in a pristinely white marble courtyard. Looks like we made it. Um, that he doesn't think is a prison. No one thought that a prison would look like this. It's like, <laughs> it's like pretty yes it's like artistic mm-hmm. um, and guards are stationed all along the roof um ready to shoot the prisoners if they need to and then nina makes a comment about how it's clearly fabricator made yeah because remember they are in fierda and the fierdans hate grisha but she makes a comment that it's obviously fabricator made yeah. and then gets hit by a guard 
And Kaz notes that Matthias didn't look at her, but he clearly tensed up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the guards start going over the papers um, that they have. And Inej helps Nina up um, and asks if she's okay. And Kaz finds himself drawn to her <gasps> voice. I put <laughs> in my notes, I have Kaz finds himself drawn to her voice. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> That's his, his guiding light. It's what keeps him steady. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Just kiss. Um, <laughs> Just kiss. <laughs> Please. Big kiss. Little kiss. <laughs> little hug. I, big hug. <laughs> I use my gloves to wipe my tears. <laughs> I love you, but like a sister in Christ. <laughs> that is kind of like Kaz right now. A little bit. A little bit. He's an atheist, so. <laughs> he's like, I don't love you. I don't believe in anything. But, but the subtext is, I believe in you. <laughs> Um, so Inej asks Nina how she is, and Kaz is like, oh, I wish you asked me how I was. Um, <laughs> and Nina says that she's fine, uh, mm-hmm. and that they don't have to worry about Pekka's crew anymore, and she looks, casts her glance upward, Yes. and Kaz looks up and sees some of the mm. members of the Dime Lions. They're in, Game trigger, of Thrones. Trigger warning. Um, impaled on spikes. Yes. Um, but Kaz also refuses to believe that Pekka is there because Pekka belongs to Kaz. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guards are arguing how the papers didn't match and how it was, it wasn't supposed to be a Suli girl, it was supposed to be a shoe boy. Um, but they let them continue anyway and Kaz was counting on this. Um, laziness and bureaucracy. Yeah, literally their whole thing is like, eh, not my fault, not my problem, we'll pass the buck higher up. Might be my circus, but not my monkeys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then they were separated by men and women into two lines and made their way to a lady who is sitting with her hands chained. And she, we find that she's actually a human amplifier. So um, she's supposed to tell um, if any of the prisoners were Grisha. Mm-hmm. And so Nina nervously makes her way through up to the lady. And the woman gives like a small reaction, mm-hmm. um, but she lets Nina through. And so we find that they had put um, paraffin on Nina's wrists um, to deter detection. Yep. Um, oh, sorry. Here you go. Um, and so putting the paraffin on her wrists just, like, yeah. dampened her powers or dampened the detection of her powers. Yeah. It's like a thin layer of wax that mm-hmm. hopefully will keep things separated enough. Um, and so then the men and women are taken to separate parts of the prison and Kaz begins to panic a little bit, um, when he realizes that Inej isn't with him and that she's the reason that he had any sanity during, um, excuse me, that she had any, that he had any sanity during the first part of Mm -hmm. this mission. So he's like, oh, she's the only reason I've gotten this far and now she is away from me. I wish I had told her how I feel. Except he didn't. No. Um, he actually didn't think that. He's That's... a little selfish right now. <laughs> I think he's earned that after the crate, the cart encounter, but not past the cart encounter. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he's feeling selfish for his own needs. He's also feeling right now, which is a which lot is, for him. That's a step in the pros and cons. <laughs> he's feeling. That's yeah. a pro. The Baby feeling steps. is selfishness. That's con. Baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, and so as they make their way up the stairs um, through glass that is fabricator made, mm-hmm. um, Kaz notices the armory that the Fierdens have and asks what some things are. 
Um, and it's... Matthias tells him that the thing that they're looking at doesn't need horses to go. And Jesper says that they're actually <laughs> tanks. Come again? It's World War One in there. Yes. Like, they're starting early industrial, mm-hmm. like, weaponry. Modern warfare. Yes. Um, and they continue. Um, as they continue, Kaz keeps telling himself that Inej will be fine and that he can't worry about her now um, because their plan is starting and he has to stay alert. So not that she's distracting him, but he's usually so focused on his Mm -hmm. plan that he doesn't have time to think about anyone else. But now he's having to tell himself to not think about Inej because this plan is so big. Yep. Bro, come on. I know. Mijo. Mijito. Come on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, where are we? we're about where the quote for this episode came from to start (laughs) um so their plan is starting so in another white room um the guards tell um sorry wait hold on i'm so sorry Uh, because i didn't write that down in my notes i just okay so as they're going um he's convincing himself that inej is fine that he has to stay stay sharp um and while they are walking um, he notes that Wyan, Wylan, sorry, not Wyan, Wylan, um, looks like he's going to throw up again, <laughs> uh, that Matthias is just kind of stoic and Jesper's just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. Jesper's just like, man, and, who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> and then this is where the quote from the beginning of this episode came from. Um, and Jesper says, well, we've managed to get ourselves locked into the most secure prison in the world. We're either geniuses or the dumbest sons of bitches to ever breathe air. And Cass tells them that they will know soon yeah, enough. Like, Only time will tell. <laughs> um, and so as they, um, they're going, do, 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 do. oh, so they're going and then they are placed in a white room. Um, a guard says something uh, and Kaz notices that everyone starts to take off their clothes. And he's panicking again because the last time he was around someone um, mm-hmm. like this was his brother who was mm-hmm. dead. Uh, and... So he starts, um, he, he starts to panic, but then thinks that he brought his crew here and he has to get them out. Mm-hmm. He has to get Inej out. <laughs> yes. Um, and so he starts to take, take his clothes off, including his gloves, and catches Jesper staring at his hands um, and asks what he expected. And Jesper, half joking, says mm-hmm. claws. Um, but only half joking because he was kind of serious about Because he's like, because nobody knows. Yeah, <laughs> nobody knows. Um... And then a guard goes up to them and st- <laughs> sticks his fingers in Kaz's mouth. And Kaz is trying and to he's not like, pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kaz is wilding okay. in this moment. Every time I hear or make that noise, I think of Ratatouille when Remy's running by the pot. And he goes, <laughs> and his whole face. Yeah. That is Kaz That's right now. That's always what I think. Um, Kaz is trying to not scream, cry, and he's, throw up. He's literally like about to pass out again. Uh, and then the guard pulls out two pieces of metal. You're like, wait a second. Huh? Where'd that come from? Not his retainer. <laughs> he needs that or his teeth are going to be crooked. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so he pulls out the two pieces of metal and the guard hits Kaz. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wylan's su- super concerned. <laughs> He's like, that was that was the plan. No. The plan. <gasps> We're going to get caught now. We're gonna this is get- why they don't tell Wylan anything. Yeah, God love him. Because he, he experiences face journeys. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> you know. he, he might not say it, but you can read it on his face. Yes. What is, I watched a show once where the characters, I can't remember what it was, 
um, they were in a library and they were reading something like Buck Wild and the librarian's like <clears throat> and points to a poster on the wall that says No Face Journeys. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny. Honestly. Because he was. But um so after that, <laughs> um, <laughs> they are led to a cold shower and then given prison clothes. And then they're led to a cell with other prisoners. Um, and so Kaz, of course, sees, clocks everyone who is in that cell already mm-hmm. and starts to feel a little claustrophobic. So he stands by the bars, um, so at the front of the cell. And then a Kalish man makes his way up to Kaz and calls him a cripple in multiple languages. Ugh. Which is not cool. Not cool. I don't no. care if you're in prison. That's just not cool. That's not cool. Um, and as he, the Kalish man is about to grab Kaz, Kaz gets the better of him and ends up dislocating this man's shoulder um, in like two swipes of Mm -hmm. his arm and he leads him back to the benches of the cell and tells him that he'll put it back in place but he can also put it back wrong so he'll never be back he'll never be normal again Mm -hmm. and so the Kalish guy is just kind of crying like we're good Um, we we good it's fine I was it was a joke (laughs) it was a joke (laughs) um and so Kaz puts the guy's arm back into place and Matthias Mm -hmm. asks him if that was really necessary he says no um, but he knows that it actually was necessary, so no one would bother them in yeah. this cell. And it was necessary for him to feel like he was getting some power of that situation back. Yeah. And he literally thinks of this thing that Inesh told him, because remember this part of the book is called... Because he's always thinking of Inesh. Always. <laughs> Just always. But this part of the book is called The Trick to Falling. And she was, remember, she was an acrobat. And so one t- he was, like, reflecting on... One time she's like, hey, do you want me to teach you how to fall so you don't get hurt? You know, fall like an acrobat. And he was like, don't I just not get knocked down first? And she's like, oh, silly Kaz. It's not not falling in the first place. It's getting back up if you do fall. And he just thought of it as like a silly proverb and is like, yeah. But now he's thinking about her and it's like that's giving him the will to, to move on. Like Jordy gave him the will, to, or Vengeance <sighs> gave him the will to move, and now Inej is giving him the will. The closer he's getting to his goal of Vengeance, the more, like, his purpose is Inej. Inej which, he's down bad. <laughs> he's down so bad. He needs better goals. Like, you should never make your goal a person, but this is a step on his healing journey. But but in this instance, I'll it is it. okay. I'll allow it's it. okay. <laughs> so that is the end of chapter 22 and a lot of trauma. So, so far we have um, found out about Kaz's backstory, we have Inej's backstory, we have Nina's backstory, we have Matthias's backstory, we are missing Jesper, and Mm -hmm. we know a little bit about Wylan. But not a lot. But just just like clues. And Mm -hmm. all we know about Jesper is that he's, we know a little bit that he's a gambler and that his dad owns a farm. Um, That he does not know when to hold him. (laughs) Or when to or fold them. them. Or when to walk away. not when to walk away. <laughs> he does know when to run, though. <laughs> you gotta know when to fold them. When to fold them. No when to hold them. No when to walk away. No when to run. You never count your cougar. sitting at the table except he does Uh, he does though (laughs) Kaz and Jess were scrupulous (laughs) oh man where's the silly goopy mood um (laughs) we got to where we had to swing to the other side of the spectrum after that sadness Mm So Jesper does not know when to hold him doesn't know when to fold him does Does not know when to walk away does Does know know when to run. run 
So now we are in chapter 23. But he in jail right now. So <laughs> let's see what's going on. Chapter 23 is in Jesper's point of view. I love Jesper's point of view chapters. <laughs> He's such a sweetheart. He um, is. And so Jesper is there. Of course, they're all in the cell and he's wanting to pace back and forth because he's restless. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he had found a spot on the bench and kind of claimed it as, as his and didn't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And so um, Wylan is next to him and Wylan's kind of freaking out too. Not kind of. Poor Wylan. Just Wylan's like... <laughs> yeah that's me you're probably wondering how i got in this situation (laughs) like he's evaluating all his life choices that Mm -hmm. brought him to this moment and so um as they're sitting there jesper reflects that his dad is the only one who ever understood his restless energy Mm -hmm. and he tried to get him to use it on the farm but that wasn't enough he didn't use his brain enough for him so i mean jesper is like a like adhd yes um, very smart yes he's goofy but like needs to be do not mistake goofiness for Mm -hmm. unintelligence because like he's very smart Mm -hmm. and he's just wild yes um and so they're they're sitting in the cell and he doesn't quite know how much time had passed could they even hear the elder clock oh um, I didn't mention, so they were, they are going off mm-hmm. the, the chimes. So everything in their mission, they have to do it by a certain, um, bell chime of the elder clock. And so Jesper's wondering, can they even hear it in here? Mm-hmm. Um, and did everything Matthias tell us? Like, is that actually what happened? Because he only worked here for three months. So he's going through all the things that could go wrong in his head. Um, and so he also notes that, um, uh, Kaz was a little bit on edge Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he didn't know why. And Jesper, uh, part of Jesper wants to ask Kaz why he is so on edge, but Mm -hmm. knows that that, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he notes that (laughs) a quote from the book, the hopeful farm boy who picked the worst possible person to care about. (sighs) He cares about Kaz so much. And there's probably a little bit of, unrequited feelings like maybe not like i can see like when they first met especially since kaz quote-unquote saved him Mm -hmm. i could see him having like a big crush on him then Mm -hmm. and it seems like now jesper recognizes that inej is kaz's end game yeah and he respects that but he still cares deeply for him as a friend and maybe there's still a shadow Mm -hmm. of that unrequited love hanging out because right after him like lamenting about caring about kaz um, mm-hmm. he, he thinks that he could have kicked himself <laughs> because he finally saw Kaz without any clothes on and he ended up just looking at his hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's too worried about getting caught on this job. He's like, I didn't even pay attention. Oh. I didn't look at his abs. Golly. I didn't look at him. Oh my gosh, Jesper. Um, <laughs> Priorities, I yeah. mean. Fair. And then Wyland's like... <laughs> yeah. Wyland's sitting next to Jesper, again, screaming, crying, throwing up. Yes. Um, and he... Wyland asks Jesper, what are we supposed to do now? They took his lockpicks. We're stuck in here forever. Wyland, baby. <laughs> Jesper's like, shut up. <laughs> and then he starts going after Jesper. He's like, well, what about you? You don't have any guns. All you can do is shoot. We're going to be here for the rest of our lives. <sighs> and... Why Jesper's like so over it at this point a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, "This is a job. We have a plan. Like, calm down." Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
Jesper kind of half jokingly, half seriously tells him, well, they are in a prison cell. Maybe you should just stay there and kill Wyland. Yeah, like, if I'm already here. <laughs> Might as well. And Wyland's like, you can't kill me. You're not going to kill me. Um, <laughs> I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Or that vine. <laughs> oh, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you are like a little child. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> and then um, uh, Jesper tells Wyland that he's better in a gilded cage than a real one. So in his in the mansion that his dad owns, mm-hmm. um, and Wyland is trying to defend himself, saying, "I love like, my dad's I'm house." I'm so tortured. You don't know yeah. anything about me. And Jesper's like, "Okay, well then, tell me. Yeah, and tell me about me, it." Then. And Wyland's like, "Huh? What? What do you mean? Tell no, no, no." And then he's like, "Well, you chose this life too. Like you, you. Like, I wasn't the only courage. one." Um, and so they go back and forth and. Uh, Jesper is telling him, I bet you've never been anywhere besides mm-hmm. where your dad, like these meetings, the merchants meetings. Um, and then Jesper, or sorry, Wyland tells Jesper that he has and lists the places that he has and says that my father used to take me everywhere. Um, and Jesper says, until, and Wyland, Wyland asks, what, like, what do you mean until? And Jesper's like, well, he did this until I X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wyland gives him a little bit of lip back and Jesper kind of takes that because it's the first time Wyland has been. He hasn't just joke. laid down and taken it yes. or, or whined about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're going back and forth. Maybe, maybe a little flirting, maybe, maybe a little maybe. flirty flirt. Maybe. Uh, and then a guard comes in and said, tells them to get on their feet. Um, and he's asking where the waste bucket is, um, and no one really understands, and he's trying to say it in different languages. No one's moving anything, and the guard's just like, whatever, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he puts a bucket of clean drinking water um, mm-hmm. into the cell and then closes the door. Mm-hmm. And so Jesper makes his way over to the front um, and gets a big cup of the water and splashes it on himself. Mm-hmm. And then hands it, hands the cup to Wyland, also splashes it on him. Mm-hmm. This is not a wet t-shirt contest. Um, <laughs> it might be 10% a white t- uh, wet t-shirt contest. Who do we think would win? <laughs> I don't know. Jesper, probably. Do we, re- well, I was thinking between the four guys who were Oh, in. okay. I thought you were saying just Jesper and Wyland. Jesper I mean, and Wyland, Jesper. Matthias would obviously win. Obviously. That's true. <laughs> Unless Kaz, like... Under See? his under his vest, under his cloak, <laughs> under his cape. <laughs> it's all paint, it's all painted on. Under his fedora. <laughs> Abs. <laughs> no, so I was gonna say, like Matthias on aesthetics alone probably wins. Kaz is probably more my type. <laughs> I like skinny white boys with with dark hair. <laughs> this is a good thing you married one. I know. <laughs> it's like my husband, who is in fact a skinny white man with dark hair. So, um, anyway, Jesper <laughs> pours water himself and pours water on Wylan. Wylan asks, What the hell? And not actually, but he's so confused. <laughs> he's like, No, I'm wet. He's <laughs> like, I'm wet and cold and I'm in a prison cell and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and Jesper tells him, I Just don't miss chill. my dad, though. <laughs> Jesper tells Wyland essentially to chill out and just follow along. Mm-hmm. And then this was insane. So mm-hmm. Jesper pulls up his pant leg and feels, um, oh my god, feels the the skin over his ankle. And Wyland's like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. Jesper, shut up, bro. Like, just stop, Wyland. Just come on. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he tells Wyland to stop to be quiet because he needs to concentrate. Um, and we find that Nina had put um, a pellet <laughs> under his skin. Uh, Ugh. And so he had to open up his stitches <laughs> um, and pull the pellet out of his skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he, Jesper had the pellet sewn under his skin. Nina also had the pellet under her skin. So mm-hmm. what... Just what is happening in the guy's cell, Nina is also making it happen in the women's cell. Yep. Um, and so he pulls out this little pellet and then tells okay. Wyland to per, put his shirt over so his basically, mouth. Basically, like, if somebody farts and you're like, oh! Yeah. And you put your collar up over your mouth, your nose. And then Wyland asks, what? And Jesper says, stop being dense. You're cuter when you're smart. And Wyland blushes. And, so cute. And complies. He's like, oh. Okay. 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 I'll just I'll do it. He puts his wet shirt <laughs> over his nose. And then Jesper says that a storm's coming, and Matthias <laughs> and Kaz all do the same thing. Um, and so as he does that, he pulls the hidden waste bucket because um, he had hidden it under the bench, pulls it out, and then drops the pellet um, in the bucket. Ugh. And then a cloud of mist um, blooms in the air, and um, everyone in the in the room like fall to the ground so all the men. yeah my head hit the floor <laughs> <laughs> this happened a lot i know lots of people hitting the dirt <laughs> um and so they pass out except for jesper wyland kaz and matthias because they covered their mouths um and wyland asks if that was chloro gas um and then jesper t- tells him that oh yeah definitely cuter when you're You're smart because you can figure it out um and so he says that he explains what the pellet is for for those of us following along (laughs) on the outside (laughs) that what was in the pellet and that when it was combined with ammonia so the the waste um that (laughs) it turned into a gas and did they basically chloroformed the entire wing yes except for themselves um and then uh after he's ex- done explaining, Kaz calls Jesper over to the bars um, and tells him that the clock is ticking. They need to kind of hurry. I was so like, <gasps> during this part. I was agog. Oh, I was aghast. <laughs> um, and so uh, <laughs> Jesper makes his way over to the bar and puts his hands on either part of one of one, uh, one part of the bar and mm-hmm. starts concentrating on the purest particles of ore. And Matthias asks what he's doing. He's like, what's happening? And Kaz is so sarcastic. He says, he's performing an ancient semi ritual. That's and Matthias is like, oh, really? Me. No. <laughs> no. My dad used to tell that to me. And I remember he'd be, I'm like, dad, what you do? He's like, ancient Chinese ritual. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he would be like, scrambling eggs. Like, <laughs> um, and then as... Jesper has both his hands on either side of this bar. There's like a little bit of a haze forming between his hands and Wyland's super confused. Um, mm-hmm. And then asks Jesper if he can dissolve the bars. And Jesper tells him to not be an idiot and that he has to focus. <laughs> He's like, are you dumb? <laughs> um, and so uh, Jesper is working and in between his hands is forming a... Um, a particle, a, a needle of pure a little, ore. A little iron needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, of ore. Um, and it falls to the ground. And then Wylan picks it up, super confused. And Matthias is like, you're, you're a fabricator? Mm-hmm. Um, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> I'm a wall. <laughs> no, Wylan's like, he's a wall. <laughs> um, and Jesper tells him, just barely. And, and Wylan's like, it's a yes or no question. <laughs> he's like, well, I am, but you better 
not tell anyone about it because he likes freedom, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, so um, he says that he is, but because he likes his freedom, he doesn't want anyone trying to, like, take him up or use him. That mm-hmm. he he keeps it hidden. And besides, he has lots of other skills um, <laughs> innuendo. And uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> innuendo. <laughs> um, and that is the innuendo that he is talking about. Um, and I'm not going to say it. And Wylan, um, stutters a little bit. He's like, oh, and blushes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he asks if Nina knows that Jesper is a Grisha and Jesper tells him no, and that she's not going to find out. Um, she'll immediately turn into the Ravkin recruiter. Yeah. And so Wylan's trying to ask him questions and Cass is like, you got to do it again. Hurry up. Like, shut Mm -hmm. up. Stop flirting. Um, and so, uh, then Jesper asks him, well, if this was the plan, why, why did you hide the lockpicks in your mouth? Mm-hmm. And Cass tells him that he was playing like the dummy because the guards make him feel like they won. Mm-hmm, the guards were so focused that they had caught something, um, that mm-hmm. they didn't notice, um, Jesper having the paraffin on his wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't notice Matthias because Matthias has been tailored, but he's still, a large it's, man. It's hard to, like, the, she can tailor the color of his mm-hmm. eyes and his hair and, like, maybe a tiny bit of his facial structure, but, like, the foundation is still there. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you were, you knew him, you trained with him, you saw him out of the corner of your eye and his mannerisms, you'd be like, oh, that's Matthias. Mm-hmm. And so he was the, the distraction for it. Um, and so Jesper gets another um, pick out of the, the metal in the bars and uh, Kaz is working on picking the lock, and Jesper notes that it's weird to see him working working without his gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. And then once they are out, um, he <laughs> they close the door, and Kaz puts the lock back in place. Yep. <laughs> and so he's asking if they know the assignments, um, and we find that Wylan and Kaz are going to get Nina Nanej out and Jesper and Matthias are supposed to find as much rope as they can um, and that they need to meet in the basement by half time. So at 30 minutes um, past the hour. Uh, and so they, they start to go. And so they go to the stables to try and get as much rope as they can. And they make their way um, quickly, but also um, has... Um, inconspicuously as possible Mm -hmm. so uh they are exposed at some points and just like very cautious of if they're going to run into a guard or anything um and so they eventually make their way to the stables and as soon as jesper opens the door he smells the the animals the horses and Mm -hmm. feels relaxed because remember he grew up on a farm Mm -hmm. Um, and so they are going to grab the rope and Matthias, the big hunk of cunt from muscle, <laughs> picks up two things of rope super easily. And then Jesper is right behind him and also picks up two things of rope. And Matthias is like, he's kind of like, huh, do you, do you even, do, do you, you lift? lift? <laughs> <laughs> and Jesper tells him that he used to work on a farm. Um, <laughs> and Matthias is like, you don't look like it. Right. <laughs> um, so, oh well. And so Jesper makes a joke and Matthias is like, is everyone on the crew this weird? Um, And he's like, oh, we're the normal ones. LOL. That's concerning. Right. Um, (laughs) And so they move um, through the prison 
and eventually make their way to the basement and they they're under like the main prison now so five stories of cell blocks are above them um and by the time they make their jesper had thought that um everyone else would would be would be there mm-hmm. um and that they were going to be the last ones in the laundry room. But when they got to to the laundry room, um, the only thing they found were Wylan and Inej. And um, the room that they were in was smaller than they, they had thought. Um, and then they get there and Wylan says that they have a problem because the incinerator had been used that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And they turn to Matthias and they're like, you said it was only used in the morning. He's like, it used to He's be. Like I don't year, know. A year ago. <laughs> Bro, I have not been home in a very long time. <laughs> I don't know what things. you expect. Um, and so uh, the incinerator that Inej is supposed to climb up had been used that morning. And so it was really hot. Mm-hmm. And Jesper tells Wyland to give him a piece of a shirt. And so he tears off part of the fabric and tosses it down and it catches fire um halfway down and so they think well we can't demo it um because if they take explosives in there then it's just going to to combust and he asks Inej if she can do it um and she says she doesn't know and they're like well what is Kaz say wait where's Kaz where's Nina mm-hmm. um and Inej tells him that Kaz doesn't know about the incinerator yet because he and Nina went to go search the upper cells and Matthias immediately is like we were we were supposed to go with Nina. We were supposed to go. Why why did they go? Why did they go? Um, mm-hmm. And she says that Kaz didn't want to wait. And Matthias tells her that they were on time. Like he didn't have to wait for anyone. We are we have stuck to the schedule. Obviously mm-hmm. he planned this. Like what is he planning? He took Nina up mm-hmm. there. What is he planning to do? Um, and Inez says that she tried to point it out um, <laughs> because they also had to go up a whole bunch of stairs. And Kaz with his bad leg. his bad leg, you know that could be a little difficult. And Inez voice of reason so calm is like i told him i told him she's but like, he went anyway she's like you think i didn't mention this you think i could stop him <laughs> um as if i as if you could outrun me <laughs> as if you could fight me off oh my gosh what are you saying um and so they are um in this room where they're the old the clothes of the prisoners have been taken because the clothes of the prisoners are supposed to be burned in the incinerator mm-hmm. but they actually find um their own clothes mm-hmm. and they find Inej's little leather shoes that were specially made With for the her. With on them. Mm-hmm. And so she gets those and she's like, oh, I can make it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then Wylan is the one who found the shoes and tells, uh, J- Jasper grabs the shoes and tells Wylan that if he didn't think that they'd be crawling with disease, that he would kiss him right now. <laughs> Very subtle. Yes, and we don't get to see Wylan's reaction to that, unfortunately. And that is the end of chapter 23. So um, we find that Jasper is a fabricator. Oh, that's crazy. And there are little hints to it um, in the book, but also mm-hmm. in the show. In the show, yes. Because in the show, he's a sharpshooter, of course, but in the show, they are, um, crossing the fold, uh, and some of the Volcra attack the mm-hmm. little train car that they're on, mm-hmm. and at one point, Jesper gets up, puts the goat down, um, <laughs> gets up, grabs his gun, and is, closes his eyes and points his gun up, mm-hmm. um, and it's like he's waiting, for something to happen and it zooms in on the bullet mm-hmm. being shot out of the revolver revolver and it's like he's willing it to go yeah. somewhere so is he a really good sharpshooter because he's a fabricator or is he 
does it does it affect it or is he mm-hmm. just in tune with the metals so he's a good sharpshooter mm-hmm. cuz it definitely it seems like in in the show it's like the gun didn't misfire but he added like a little extra oomph to it mm-hmm. you know so I'm excited to see how that's going to be in season two. Me too. Which again, if um, anybody any... wants to drop us an anonymous email, let us know. Um, Even well. I would take like a ransom style letter yeah. sent you, to us. Yeah. You can send us an email and DM us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, anything. Carrier pigeon. Anything. Well, we'll accept it all. We just, we just well, like Jordan will accept a carrier pigeon. Yeah, I'll I will t- not. I'll take the pigeon. I don't like birds. Um, They're terrifying. So me reading <laughs> this is a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you close the book and see crows in the cup, <laughs> <laughs> I get startled every time. <laughs> no, <gasps> scare me. Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening, um, let us know when season two is gonna drop, please. or or let us know what's gonna happen, or please. anything. Please, please, please. Again, the only people we're gonna tell is each other. So right? come on, please, um, please. we'll drop our email on Instagram at the end. <laughs> yes. So that's the end of chapter 23, and on to chapter 24. It is in Nina's perspective. Nina. <laughs> you said that. Yeah, you said it like, Viva. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I kind of want to watch the Elvis movie. <laughs> mm, mm. And so chapter 24 um, begins with Nina following Kaz up the stairs. So remember, mm-hmm. Kaz changed the plan. Um, hmm. and, uh, <laughs> he and Nina are going up to the cells to look for Bo Yul Bayur. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. And so she's following him and he's struggling a little bit because of his, bad leg. his bad leg, but he's still going and she's confused why he insisted on being the one to go up with her. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks that he knows something that they didn't and he's keeping it from them. Yeah. She's like, Oh, his mind, his machinations. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of this? But she's not in awe. She's kind of pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she would also rather be, would rather be up there with Matthias. Yes. <laughs> and Jesper, but mostly Matthias. Mostly Matthias. Um, and so at every landing they stop and are listening for patrols because they are in the prison sector mm-hmm. of the ice court in Fierza. Um, and so they're listening, they're kind of nervous, they're on edge, and as they're making their way up to the fourth flight, um, they hear voices and steps, and so they backtrack and go, um, into the third floor, floor, uh, cells, and, um, once they're in there, a prisoner in one of the cells starts to shout, and so Nina immediately uses her powers to cut his air off, um, Mm -hmm. and make him pass out, (laughs) and don't yell. Like, he, he didn't realize that she was a Grisha, so he was like, oh, a gog. Um, <laughs> I guess, Steven. And uh, so she um, makes that guy pass out. And the guards go down to very close to where they are, and they're ready to fight. Kaz doesn't have a weapon, but he's ready to fight anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they wait to see if they're going to be found, but the guards go past the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once they do that, Kaz makes a signal, and they go out the door and then up the stairs again. And so as they get to the top floor, seven bells strike, so it's seven o'clock. It's been an hour since they mm-hmm. got out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot that has happened in this time and the future chapters kind of flash back to what happens in between a little mm-hmm. bit, um, which oh, so good. So mm-hmm. good. Cause you, you don't know what's happening. You know the time, but you don't know what has happened. What is happening? What is the plan? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have 45 minutes to search the high security cells, um, and get back to the basement. And so, um, once they make it to the top, Kaz tells her to take one corridor of cells and he will take the other. And so as Nina goes in, there's 
you have to open a door to get to that part of the cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that uh, they, as she's going down this corridor, um, she the cells were different. That the cells had were solid steel instead of iron. That each one had a, a like a little viewing hole mm-hmm. um, at the feared in height that was yeah. too tall for her. Um, and she's so, not short. Yeah. Uh, and as she's looking, she sees most of the prisoners are sleeping. Um, and, uh, sorry, I lost my place. Um, she's looking in each of them, looking for Bolio Bayer, and some people are sleeping, some are pacing. Um, and someone called out for her, but she ignored them and kept moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's super nervous, and she's like... If I find him, if he is here, am I going to kill him? How am I going to kill him? What's going to be the best way to do this? Mm-hmm. What if Cass finds him first? So she's having, she's going through a lot of emotions because she, she knows she wants to kill him. Doesn't know if she can, is wondering what will happen if she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, then as she goes down like the last hallway, um, she notes that this, this one is shorter than all the others. Um, and where there would typically be more cells that there was actually a big door with a bright light underneath it. And so she goes towards it, of course, because she, of course, why not? She's Nina. Um, and so she opens the door and as it's closing, she just catches it because she thinks, oh, I don't, I think this locks from the inside. Yeah, her intuition is like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd get out of here if it's shut behind me. Um, and so as she's going in, it's the walls everything in this part of the prison sector is white Mm -hmm. so clean almost like medical in a sense yes um and she's thinking again fabricator made so a lot of what is made in fierda the the visuals of it is fabricator made it is manufactured by grisha Mm -hmm. but probably enslaved grisha um which is not the, the hypocrisy yeah, they think that the Grisha are a mistake, are gels of blight on this earth, mm-hmm. um, and then they force them to make their super strong, um, super clean, super fancy yes um, prisons, prisons that they then put them in. Gross. And so she does realize that where she is are um, in the Grisha cells, and when she looks inside the first one, that she knows that there's no furniture. That the pri- the cells that she had just seen had like a bench at least, mm-hmm. um, and like a bucket, but mm-hmm. these have nothing except a drain in the center, um, and that oops, oh, sorry, um, and that this one is oh. surrounded by reddish stains. So Oof. we think that Grisha were tortured in mm-hmm. these cells, and in the second one she looks at, she doesn't see anything except a tiny silver button, um, which is emblazoned with the symbol of a Grisha squalor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't know what happened to these Grisha, but it's probably not good. Um, and that the the rooms didn't have any metal, so the Grisha couldn't, you know, manipulate it like Jasper just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they just have a drain, which is... It's a lot like Magneto's prison in the original X-Men trilogy. It's like a big, smooth plastic box, like kept away from all sorts of other things, so he can't influence mm-hmm. it. And so as she's walking, um, she's like, Bo Yulbayur isn't here. I, I have to get out of here. Like, this is too much. Um, and so she's mm-hmm. thinking about everything that she has learned um, at this place and about the Fiordans because she studied them. 
Um, and she gets the feeling that she wants to go home. She wants to go back to Ravka, which mm-hmm. is heartbreaking because yes. she, she's 17. She's seen and experienced so much and she just, like like a kid is thinking, I just want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah, she's she's feeling her age now, mm-hmm. as in a young way. Because like before all this, she's like, I'm smart. I am a master of espionage. You I know smart. all these you languages. Yes, she was literally in school, like fantasizing. About, I'm gonna go to Fiona. I'm gonna infiltrate it. I'm gonna take them down. And now she's here. She's like, I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I want to go home. Um, and so she leaves that part of the cell cell block, um, and then the elder clock begins to chime three quarters um, of an hour. And so she was running a little bit late, um, and she goes back out to the stairwell, and no one is there, and not even Kaz. So she's like, oh, I'm late. So she's like, oh, I'm late, late. <laughs> she doesn't see Kaz, and so she waits for him and then realizes that either he is back at the basement um, or mm-hmm. he's been caught and taken somewhere else, but I have to go. And so she's going back, trying to make her way to to the basement, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, two guards um, are on the stairs that she's at, and, and they she's stare. in prison clothes. Yeah, she's in prison clothes, um, in a different part of the prison, sneaking around, and she sees two guards, and they look at her agog, and, <laughs> and then one of them yells, um, and before they can do anything else, she um, uses her powers to take both of them out. Well, one of them gets a shot off. Oh, does he? Yeah, it doesn't uh, hit her, but the noise, oh, he's yeah. able to squeeze a shot off with his rifle, and the noise echoes through the prison. Mm-hmm. And so one one fell on the landing, so like at, at the the um, the level they were at, and then mm-hmm. another one fell down the stairs, and as he fell, the, the rifle yeah. went off. Um, and there were bullets playing, playing a little ping pong in the stairwell. <laughs> um, and she thinks, so fun. yeah, so because that, that was the big, big noise indicator. So she's like, oh, Kaz oh, is going to kill me. And then she thinks, I'm, I'm going to kill, kill Kaz. <laughs> like, what the heck? He abandoned me up here. Mm-hmm. And so she continues. She kills um, one guy. Yeah, she, she is running down the stairs, runs into another guard, kills him, um, snaps his neck. Uh, and she goes, she's running, 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 and then the elder clock begins to chime, but not, like, with the time. It was an alarm. The alarm bell, what they've been trying to avoid. Um, so not good. (sighs) Things are not looking great right now. No, the plan is falling apart. We don't know where Kaz is. Allegedly. (laughs) We don't know where Kaz is. We don't know what he's doing. Nina has seemingly been caught, um, and no one else we don't know what's happening with them mm-hmm. and matthias is still pissed that kaz told me yes. to go with him and the incinerator was running in the afternoon mm-hmm. so it's hot so it's still. hot it's toasty it's like a pizza oven mm. um i love a pizza yeah we should have a slow rise mm-hmm. um anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um so that is the end of chapter 24 and now chapter 25 with our queen and nash back to nash <laughs> um and so this chapter starts and Inej is climbing in the incident. Are you okay? Yes. Jordan, Jordan is lying on the floor. I'm swooning. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm swooning because she's climbing in this incinerator. And normally it'd be best to climb without any like coverings on her hands. Mm-hmm. But because you can get better her- purchase yeah. there, but it's just too hot. And so what do they find in the laundry? They find Kaz's gloves. And she feels conflicted because she knows this is, like, such an intimate article of clothing for him. But she also knows if he was here, he'd tell me to put on the damn gloves and get the job done, which he probably would. And so she puts on his gloves. And it's like, oh. 
that's like the, the most intimate you can get with Cash yes. is putting on his gloves. And so she feels guilty about it. But as she puts them on, she also um, figures out that there are hidden slashes in the yes. fingertips. So it's easier for him to perform his sleight of hand tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can get that feeling on, on with his fingertips. Um, and so she starts to climb. And, and she they're had, kind of too big for her. Yeah. Ugh. Why is it so cute? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> um, and so she's climbing, free climbing, um, and mm-hmm. has 70 feet of rope wrapped around her. It's super hot. She has her shoes on. She has Kaz's gloves on. She's just climbing. Um, mm-hmm. And she's thinking uh, she she's thinking that she's she's been through worse and that she can do this. Um, and as she's climbing, she can feel how hot it is. And there's mm-hmm. nothing um, to do except hold on. So she's climbing, she's climbing, she's sweating, um, and mm-hmm. she notes that they had like p- poured water, water on, on her, her. Um, and the rope, so it would it would she would warm up. Um, it would take longer for her to warm up, but it wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything. And so she's she's really hot as she's climbing, and she's in her mind thinking, "Climb, Inej," that voice from her dad again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my heart um and at one point her foot slips and uh she's trying to to get get her her balance back um but she just keeps sliding and she re- realizes that her shoes are melting because it's so hot because i have the little she basically has like these neat little it's almost like, tennis shoes like it's the like shoes the toe that form shoes. yes like the toe shoes i hate the toe shoes i don't think hers have little toe sockets though no and thankfully just, and she's just, too cool for no, that yeah she's got like little rothies that have little like yeah. things on the bottom and they're melting um and so she she's convincing herself to continue up and she's going she's going um she heard the elder clock chime but she doesn't know what it's for or what time it is and she keeps going and her foot is like sliding and she's trying um, to catch her balance and she realizes that no one's there to save her. There's not a net. Kaz isn't going to rescue her. Um, and she looks up at the sky um, and she thinks that it seems so far away that how possibly could she do it and that she's going to die there and everyone else is going to die because of her. And then she's like, no, it wasn't my fault. Kaz was the one who brought us here. This is Kaz's fault. He was the one who got us into mm-hmm. this mess. And so she's pissed off. She's literally, she goes from being sad to being driven by spite. <laughs> and I love that for her. A queen. Yes. <laughs> um, and so she's mad at him, but then she's also mad at herself because she agreed to it. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, why did I do that? I, I would have paid off my debt eventually. Like, And then she realizes... Maybe it was it was Who because you honestly that's the moment she's having. Yes. Um she realizes that no chance, no, no way, way. I won't say it no, no no. Um but she thinks it. Um yep. <laughs> and that she she feels she has feelings for Kaz. Uh, and then flashback that aren't just spite. Yeah. <laughs> she, anger. Has, she has um feelings of care, feelings of not not quite love. Um, <laughs> At least out loud. <laughs> I won't say I'm in love. <laughs> and she's like in an incinerator right now. <laughs> Make this into a musical. Hades, he's a guy. <laughs> like, Hades, the voice of reason. Honestly, though, he's different. He's a guy. <laughs> 
Love so it. that is what Inej is going through right now. Yes. <laughs> and so as she's thinking, um, <laughs> do I have feelings for him? Flashback. Um, and so we flash back to um, the night that Kaz went to, was at the menagerie to... And bought her indenture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we get how much Inej hates the menagerie. Um, we find that her, her room there had been made up to look like a Suli caravan, of course, fake. Um, Ugh, and that, awful. uh, she was put in Suli silks. Um, and she says that Tante Helene's room was the worst because that's where the beatings happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and Inej had tried to escape when she first got to the menagerie. Um, and she'd gotten a few blocks away just running. She was still in, in her in her clothes from the menagerie. And then um, Tante Helene's, like, right-hand guy, the one who grabbed her at the beginning of the mm-hmm. book, um, grabbed her and put her, took her back to the menagerie. And Helene beat her so much that she wasn't able to work for a week. Um, and then chained her up. Yeah. Uh, and she tell, Helene tells her that she owes her for a month of, of lost wages. Um which is just uh, so disgusting. It's the, so nasty. The worst kind of villains. Again, mm-hmm. with Shadow and Bone, we have a fantasy villain, mm-hmm. um, a brooding character um, mm-hmm. that you want to find good in, that you're drawn in by. But mm-hmm. in Six of Crows, it is straight up. It's welcome to the real world, Jackass. Yeah, it is the worst kind of evil that exists in this world. Yep. Villains. Um, and so eventually, um, at, at the menagerie, um, she tells him, or Tante Helene tells her to go, go down or pulls her down really to where Kaz is. Um, and she saw Kaz and she panicked because she'd only heard the rumors about him. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tante Helene, of course, doesn't call her by her name. She calls her little Lynx and says that she's someone else's problem now and that per Haskell, um, had bought her indenture, but makes it seem like Perhaskel bought Inej for himself because he has a thing for Suli girls, which, which is disgusting. Not, like, not true. It's not true. She's, She's just, just trying to make yeah. Inej upset. Yeah. Um, and so Tante Helene is like, oh, well, he's this and he's this. And she says, well, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll share you with Cass, with Mr. Brecker. Kaz has no patience for Helene. No, he's like, are we done here? Mm-hmm. He's like, are absolutely you, not. Are you through? Um, and so Helene kind of is like, eh, whatever. Um, and <laughs> uh, calls Inej a little wretch. <laughs> um, and Or no, yeah, no. Does she call Inej or Kaz? She calls Kaz. <laughs> Helene calls Kaz a little wretch um, and tells uh, Inej, goodbye, little lynx, and tells her that she doesn't think that she'll last very long in the barrel, um, and tells Kaz to not be surprised if she runs, mm-hmm. which, <sighs> she's trying to make it, like, to where Inej will come back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, ick, ugh. Um, and so then, uh, it's just Inej and Kaz in the room, and Inej is kind of worried for what's going to come next, because in this place, she's only known awful, awful hardships. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Kaz just asks her if she's heard of the dregs. um, And she says that they're his gang. And he tells her, they're yours too if you want. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? What if I don't want? Um, And then he's like, well, then I'll just rescind the offer and you can stay here. 
Um, and he's like, with that terrible woman. Mm-hmm. And Inez is like, she she can hear you. She's going to find out that you said that. And he's like, do I look like I give a shit? <laughs> he's like, like, let her. I don't want her I, to hear. I don't care. I want her. I'll say it to her face. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> Um, he's like, but yeah, we we want you to come work for us. You know why? She's like, because you have a fetish for Suli girls. And he's like, I don't know enough Suli girls to say that I do. Which is like, bro, broski. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he brings up that when she got his attention mm-hmm. the other day, and she's like, I didn't, I didn't mean to to do anything. Like I don't know. And then he says that um, she didn't, that he did not hear her, um, that she had. Um, bells on on her ankles on her on her clothes, and that she's was wearing bright colors, and he didn't see her and he didn't hear her, um, mm-hmm. and he sees everything, mm-hmm. um, and asks if she was trained as a dancer, and she tells him that she was an acrobat, and they go back and forth, get a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, and he asks her, "Have you ever killed someone?" She's like, "No, <laughs> um, <laughs> ever want to?" <laughs> she's like. Yeah, I mean, she's like, look at where I am. Yes. Um, And then he says that their line of work, um, in in their line of work, it does happen. She's like, our line of work? What do you mean? And he tells her only if she wants to join, um, that Mm -hmm. he needs her to um, gather information, um, someone who's invisible, uh, and asks if she can do it. And she says that she thinks she can. Uh, and he tells her that the city's full of rich people and he's going to use the information that she gets to take their mm-hmm. money. Um, and she asks him what happens, uh, <laughs> when he takes their money and becomes rich and he tells her, well, then she can steal his secrets yeah, too. Then he's part of the market at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which like, that's like a business transaction, but right. that is like the most Kaz has ever mm-hmm. like... Yes. He's never talked to a girl before this. No, he's kind of smiling. Like, this is him flirting, (laughs) Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, And then she asked him why, if that's why he bought her. And he immediately, like, changes his tone. It's like, hey, we did not buy you. We bought off your indenture. We paid, we paid it off. Um, You owe, you owe Perhaskel money, but he does not own you. Mm -hmm. Um, And he shows her the contract. And we find that Tante Helene... Is not only the worst kind of person, but also a liar. Um, yes. And a cheat. And yes. so in the contract, um, it has um, what she, what Tante Helene paid for Inej um, from Ravka and how much she has earned and what she still owes her. And Inej is super confused because it's mm-hmm. more um, than when she started. And so Tante Helene has been charging her for room, for her room, for food, for clothes. Mm-hmm. And Inej is like, I didn't have a choice. She said, I couldn't even read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kaz, while he does swindle people, is, is still a little bit about fairness. Yes. Um, uh, he's a good employer <laughs> um, if you um, mm-hmm. are loyal to him. And so he explains that this is a way to get around um, slavery in Kerch. Um, mm-hmm. Slavery is illegal, but um, indentures are not legal. And... Mm-hmm. Um, She's so confused. She's like, it's not possible this is happening. And he tells her that if she skips out, that skips out on the contract that she now has with the dregs, that Perhaskel will come after her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, um, oh my gosh, sorry, where are we? Um, that some that he will send someone after her, and it'll make Tante Helene look, look like, like nothing. Kitten. Like, um, 
and Inej is like, I can say no, right? Um, and like, Cass yeah. tells her that she can, but she's obviously dangerous, and he would prefer if she wasn't dangerous to him. And she's like, dangerous? That's what? an adjective I like. No. Um, flirty. Yes. <laughs> but it's also, she's like, she, she's seeing an exit strategy mm-hmm. now. But she doesn't quite believe it. She still mm-hmm. thinks that it's a trick. Mm-hmm. And Cass tells her that if it was a trick, then he would offer her happiness. And safety. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's horrible and, mm-hmm. and sad, but it's also like, he's not bullshitting her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he tells, she agrees, um, and signs the contract, and he tells her, great, um, don't ever sneak up on me again. <laughs> Oh. oh my gosh. And then we fast forward. We flash. We're back in the incinerator mm-hmm. shaft. And she's thinking that she did try to sneak up on him. Multiple times. But he he always knew. He knew. They just knew. And this is kind of how he is about everything. This is a quote. She says, it was as if once Kaz had seen her, he'd understood how to keep seeing her. And oh. that's how he approached it. Like, that's just him. It's like if he doesn't get it. He works to understand it, and as soon as he understands it, he's got it. It's down. Yeah. And so um, she, again, back in the incinerator, she's climbing, and she thinks that she made the mistake of trusting Kaz, Mm -hmm. um, and that uh, she's second-guessing everything that she has experienced up to this point with the dregs and with Kaz. She's like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't actually care about me. He does. He does. He does. Um, He, in fact, (laughs) cares a lot. Yeah. And so as she's going, she's second-guessing everything that she has done after Tante Helene. Um, and she's still thinking, she has her dad's voice in her head saying, climb an edge. Um, and she's starting to feel the pain. Um, her hands are, like, burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything mm-hmm. is scorched, um, burned and blistered. And she's in a lot of pain. She's giving up. She's thinking about giving up, mm-hmm. but also knows what it would mean for everyone else. And she doesn't want to leave everyone else hanging. Yep. Um, but then she has Tante Helene's voice in her head saying that she can't do it. And she, she's thinking that she knows her limits and she had nothing else to give. Um, and then in her head, she hears her dad's voice saying, let go, Inej. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she's thinking that I, I can't do this, that maybe, maybe, and she starts to think of her knives as well. Mm-hmm. She's like, maybe they'll give them to another brave girl. Um, and she hears the voice in her head, let go, Inej, again. Um, and then she thinks that she's crying because um, she feels like, uh, like Moisture drops on, on her face. face, but it's actually raining. What a blessing! Oh my gosh! And in the moment she needs it most, when the entirety mm-hmm. of her life is reduced to up or down, and it's almost like a baptism of sorts. Yes, it's like a rebirth. She's like everything that has happened to her in the past, everything that she's been second guessing, everything that has mm-hmm. happened is washed away with this and she knows that she can do it that she has to do it mm-hmm. um and so she is is finding this new strength and it flat mm-hmm. is thinking about everything that has happened but not in a, in a i've made mistakes way. it's a i'm gonna change it so this can't happen to someone else in the the only way is up mm-hmm. and so she's thinking like is now justice focused and um just is Justice, not just is. Justice <laughs> is justice focused mm-hmm. and is working her way to get out of, of this incinerator because once she gets out, there's going to be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she thinks that, quoting, quoting from the book, I want to call that storm. 
um, to take down every everything. Not not yes. in the Kaz Brecker sense, but no. um, not taking it down, but to help others but so it to, can't happen to, to dismantle them. this system that allowed her Destroy to the be patriarchy. stolen from her family and put yeah. into the situation. Yeah. Destroy capitalism! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this chapter ends um, with her coming to the realization that she's not the lynx, she's not the wraith, that she's Inej Gaffa. Um, and everything is waiting for her. Her life is going to start at the top of this incinerator. Oh, we go through a lot Ugh. of emotions and... So good. Oh, it's so good. And that is the end of chapter 25. Yes. With our Queen Inej knowing her worth. Yes, finding her purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. that was... So good. That was some really low lows. Some, <laughs> some really, really high highs. highs. Um, in those chapters. <laughs> it really was. Um, Thanks so, for riding this emotional roller coaster yeah. with us. They are still going through it. And we'll, con- we'll continue <laughs> to go we'll through continue it. continue to go through it. Um, <sighs> but thank you for joining us. Um, yes. And if y'all have any questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to reach out and say hey, um, you can email us at twomournerspod at gmail.com, two spelled out T-W-O, or you can follow us on Instagram at twomournerspod as well. Um, We'll post uh, some fun things weekly, and there's Mm -hmm. also a link to listen as well. If y'all are, you hearing this, you're listening. Yeah. Um, We're on any podcatcher you like. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Amazon Podcasts, Audible, Google, and our own RSS feed. So if there's a place you listen to podcasts, just about guarantee that we're on there. And if there's not, let us know. We can get on there. Yeah, we can. (laughs) (laughs) I think we covered the main basis, but hey. Just in case. We'll burn it to a CD and ship it to your house. No, we won't. (laughs) No. That's for a top (laughs) tier five Patreon member. (laughs) That is for Lee Bardugo. (laughs) And And Lee Bardugo. (laughs) Well, not Lee Bardugo only. But Lee Bardugo first, and then also anyone who is involved. We're open to negotiations. (laughs) We're here to listen. Um, We are fair. So yeah, just tell us when the date is, and we'll we'll send you. It's a simple exchange. (laughs) You'll get our blooper reel for free. (laughs) Anyway, um, thank you all for joining, and as always, happy happy hiking. hiking.